The Unstarving Artist book is available now at unstarvingartistbook.com. Hey, Trey, how's it going? Going great. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for connecting. I'm looking forward to catching up. Um, for those who don't know you a bit about you, why don't you just, as we get started, briefly share a little bit about what you've got going on and some of the creative projects you're working on. So uh, first, uh, Trey, I'm super excited to be here. And uh, so re most recently in terms of creative projects, just finished writing my first novel of in June of last year, after maybe 10 months or so of writing. And, um, and right now my agent and I are in the process of pitching to our first set of publishers. So that little just kicked off maybe two weeks ago. So this is a very exciting period as, uh, as you know, hopefully good news starts rolling in. Um, and then within that too, just also working on in the background here, some, some short stories, uh, looking in terms of hopeful, hopeful publication for those as well. And, um, as well as music. So making some new music, um, these days too. Excellent. And, and what's the novel called? Sorry, Excellent. And what's, what's, what's the novel called? Oh, the novel is called, uh, right now it's called summer in the city. But, uh, but you know, as these things go, it's probably, you know, it's, it's up, up for possible change. We'll, we'll see. But right now it's called summer in the city. Cool. Very cool. Well, um, you and I got to know each other in college way back in the day. We were uh, in a singing group together. Uh, we were in a fraternity together. Um, so we can talk about some of that phase if it makes sense. But I'm curious more about before that. So tell me a bit about yourself. You know, growing up, were you always into uh, music, creativity, writing at a, at a young age? Or when, or when did that sort of become part of your life? Yeah, um, it kind of just started... From the beginning, I can't really recall the first sort of the, the exact moment where he hit me. But uh, since I was, I mean, I started school uh, at, at a pretty young age. Um, I mean, I wasn't, you know, many of us were, like, you know, were, 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 you know, had our daycares and preschools. Um, my parents started me around like four years old. And so kindergarten. And so, um, so I had like a lot of, you know, just like exposure early on to different books my mom kept books in my hands you know like uh like one one series that that she was very fond of um and and, and that and that i was too was this uh this book series called alice in bible land because i, I went also into a, an, um like this uh in, in uh an all-black christian school and uh so everything was, you know, was centered around uh you know the bible but this series here i was very i was very intrigued by it. i think in particular because it was taking familiar stories oh sorry my siri thinks of talking to it uh I don't understand. Serious, serious. <laughs> yeah. Very intrigued yeah. by particular. Okay. I don't know how to. Oh. There we go. We got an extra like guest to the the, the episode. My apologies. It's all good. But um, but yeah. So, but I was very intrigued with this idea of taking stories that you know were pretty well known and and not so much changing them. What, but was it was it riffing on Alice in Wonderland? But like, yeah, turning it into yeah, a so, Bible version. Yeah, so Alice, she had this magic Bible, and like, and like, it was like a normal sized Bible by day, and then like something would happen, and it would turn to this like just like giant doorway, and uh, and it would open into stories like like Noah, and you know, and like like Elijah and Elisha, and she would just walk through, and she would just witness these stories happening, and also interact with the characters too at times, um, and even as a child, I was like, huh, what is this? This like eight year old girl is is watching all these people drown on the ark, um, but <laughs> but um. But like, 
but it, but it, but it did like it intrigued me, and I was like, oh, you could you could just do that with 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 stories, and um, and then you go from there into uh my my uh, my school where you know like many of us right like you have little skits and things um, that you would read during class and when i was doing that i was like oh wow so we get to now like reenact or like live out a story and we get to do it together and somebody wrote this so if somebody wrote this that means that maybe i could write something very similar and so from there i got pretty uh pretty interested pretty quickly the first few things I used to do was uh, I would write just like scripts, little plays. And the first one I wrote, I think I was maybe eight years old, called The Representative. It's like this, this like 32 page uh, mess of a, a, a of an of an epic from a child's point of view of World War II. But essentially it reads as somebody who literally just read like half a page in their textbook about World War II and decided to create an entire story about it because nothing made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it called the representative? <laughs> well, because it's about um, it's about this 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 newly elected congressman who was sent to the front lines of the war. Who knows why? To report that that FDR had died, and that Harry Truman was now the president, and that his job was to help get the uh, like the, the military, I guess, um, uh, repurposed or reconfigured, or or just like you know to have little as little disruption as possible amongst the amidst the transition. And, um, which like looking back on it was actually like, like not a terrible, like plot idea. The premise was like, okay, quite interesting. But, but the, but the execution was, was like, oh no, FDR died. Who, who knew? And then it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a mess, but it's my mess. And, and so, and so, and so I loved it for that. And I was also really big into, um, Bewitched and I loved Nick at Night growing up. And so, um, and so I, I wrote like I wrote funny enough. Bewitch that show it. where the girl, the the witch would wrinkle her nose and yeah. do magic yeah. by wrinkling her nose. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That was that was her. I was obsessed with her and her and her mother, um, uh, Andorra. And so um I sat and I wrote a whole like little, you know, like right hand 30, 40 page script of like a Bewitch movie, because it hadn't been a movie at that point in time. And I was like, you know, it'd be perfect to play the role of Samantha Stevens, Nicole Kidman. When they made the movie, who did they get to play? Nicole, is that the Seamus? Nicole Kidman. So I felt like, you know, I felt like I was and just you didn't see it. You didn't see a dime of that. <laughs> I didn't see a dime, not a single one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but then after, after getting just really into just, just the playwriting side of things, I wrote a play going into sixth grade that I wanted my sixth grade, uh, our middle school drama group to do and, and that we were going to do it. But, you know, it's middle school drama. So everything's disorganized. It never happened. And, uh, but, um, let me that, jump in was, real quick. Yeah. Let me jump in real quick. So I'm curious. Like, I mean, not a lot of eight year olds write a play, <laughs> <laughs> even if it's your mess, as you say. Um, <laughs> was there somebody in your family that was creative in some way, whether it was a different way or did the hmm. parents encourage you? Like, where? Did that, or was that just from you? Was there some sort of spark you had that drove you to, to have that creative expression? Well, I mean, it's it's a bit it's a bit of, of two of those. Um, it was just me, but but I also was. So I'll give you some familiar background here. Is my parents are both excellent, um, but uh, but they were athletes too, and, and and so 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 like they and my my dad actually before he passed was writing a book about about you know fatherhood and parenthood. And he has a whole chapter dedicated to, to, to this. 
where, you know, essentially, you know, my, my mom and my father both were like record breaking college athletes. They were expecting that their children would also, you know, like pursue a similar path because, you know, of course, the genetics would likely would be there. So I started, you know, at age four, same, you know, like playing flag football and stuff. And then I like went from there, you know, through all the, you know, peewees and, 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 you know, and, and varsities and all and JVs and all that kind of stuff too. Um, what kind I of really athletes were your parents? Uh, my father was a basketball player. My mother was a track runner. Um, wow. And, uh, and, and then they both coached to uh, uh, professional careers. And, um, and so, and so for, for, um, for, for me at the beginning of playing football, I really did enjoy it. I, I, I had, I mean, it, it was fun. I was making friends. You know, like it was, you know, you're, you're, you're a kid. So you, you run, you catch a ball, everyone claps. That, that's like, you know, very Pavlovian and, and, and wonderful. Right. And, and so, and so, <laughs> but then, I mean, but like, I mean, almost at the, at the same time, I was getting into like, like my readings and my, and, and like, like in like books and writing and just the arts just generally. And I was, um, and that was, uh, taking my interest. So my dad, he, he wrote in his book saying, you know, at a certain point I noticed we're buying more, I was buying more books than Jordan's. Um, <laughs> and, and there came a very a pivotal moment because I was, I was getting, I was losing interest in playing football because I also saw football, like the summers were my time to sit down and just like, just like, write. You know, like, like I was out of school. Like I, I didn't have, back then we didn't have, you know, TikTok and cell phone stuff. So. It was literally just like you, your toys outside and the computer was just invented. You know, you had a typewriter maybe. And so like the, all I wanted to do was just spend my days writing, you know? Um, and so, uh, so I didn't want to play football my sixth grade year. And I was terrified to tell my parents this because again, I, I knew the expectations and into that they were both, you know, like put all these eggs in, in, in the athletic basket for me. Uh, but I think also for them too, like that they saw what they make what it may happen in their lives, right? They saw it as, you know, like that they were able to go to school because of like, like, like all these different things to like, it was like, was paid for and supported. So they saw a similar, like that was a path that they knew. Um, and, and so my dad, actually, I was, I was remember being very, very terrified, but my dad, he kind of, I guess in his book, he talks about this because he said he noticed that I was just being a bit quieter. I was a bit more like, like withdrawn. Something was, something was very much in my mind. You know, um, and you're 11, so like, what's you know, like, if you're 11, what's something in your mind? Like, you know, there's probably only like you, you probably could narrow down pretty quickly. Like, you know, like, 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 what are the three things happening in your life right now? <laughs> you know, like, you're not in school, so, 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 like, we literally are with you every single day. So, like, what are the three things that could be happening in your in your life right now? Uh, not to do, not not to belittle what kids go through, but um, but but uh, but so it was like you hey, probably weren't trade. hiding it as well as you thought. You know, you might have been. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. I, <laughs> I, I, I was just moping the whole, the whole way through, and dreading, dreading having to like go and register for football. And, um, and so my dad was like, "Hey Trey, like something seems a little." So the first thing, Trey, like, uh, I'm gonna ask you a question, and it's okay, however you respond. You know, like it's all good. Just, 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 just. just. She says, uh, "Do you want to play football this year?" Like. No, I don't. <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, you don't have to." <laughs> you know, like, like he was just like, "You, you know, you don't, you don't have to." Like, but, 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 but he did say this, and this is probably, I think, the most important advice um, I had certainly received at that point in my life. Was he says like, "You, you may not um, play football, but it is important that you compete in something that you find something that you enjoy, and you love, and excel, and like, like push yourself to the highest level in that." 
like whatever it is. Um, and so for me, that wasn't my writing and also student government. And, and that's what kind of led to that. But then, um, within the writing journey, oh, so that sorry, actually, so going back to the, the first part of, of, of your, um, your, your options and the example you gave, there was, there is one person or was one person in our, in our family who was just like this, you know, just wild and great creative. And that was my grandfather. And so, um, and so I'm Franklin the third, he was Franklin the first. And so this um, is your grandfather and, on your dad's side. That's, that's right. Yep. My, my father's cool. father. And, um, and, uh, everyone in the family, I mean, our entire, since I was a child, they always said that like, he and I were more alike than anybody else in the, like, like the, in the entire family. Um, we both also are, I mean, not like esoteric, but like, just, it's just very much just like, like to live in the sort of like in the ether, the more, the more abstract space. Um, he was, he was a very, very precocious child, uh, growing up. He was the first in his class. He was the youngest of 15 kids. Um, you know, um, he wow. was also, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was also in like the 1950s and, and, you know, early sixties of black men reading like the Bhagavad Gita, you know, and stuff. And, and like, and there was, there was like no one in America was, was really, really reading these things. So he was just so his mind was just so much engaged with like, with like absorbing as much of the world as he could. Um, and and he was a he was an incredible musician. So his I guess his his primary sort of conduits for creative expression were music first, uh, illustration and drawing second, and then uh, like writing. I mean, like and probably writing and, and illustration were maybe tied for a second. And um, but with music, he took it to the highest level. He was a trumpet player, and I mean, he was he was renowned. Um, and he uh, to the point where he actually he was the band leader for Patti LaBelle uh, back back in the sixties and. Actually recruited to be the band leader for um, Stevie Wonder's tour in uh, in '64, wow. uh, but my father was born, and so and so he made the decision to uh, at that point uh, you know to stay back and 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 raise his his newborn son as opposed to as opposed to you know go on this potentially life changing experience you know and um and so and and I, mean, I think and partly due to that and imagine other factors in life like you know he focused on being with the family and then stepped away a bit more from music and just, you know, went the traditional route of, you know, getting a traditional job at the plant, you know, and taking care of the family, but still playing, you know, like, like with his band every now and then, but over time just kind of, you know, just like, just kind of faded, faded away from playing music actively. Um, so I think when I came along, especially it was a bit of a, a joy because, you know, I was the youngest cousin uh, on the side of the family. And, um, and so, you know, my other cousins, like they're, they're, they're great. Uh, um, and they maybe just didn't have, like they, they weren't expressing, you know, that's that sort of like interest, interest creativity at that particular age. Although my cousin, Brittany, uh, did, and she's an incredible actress. Um, and, and so, and so in, in her, and that, that was another, like, like, you know, like the people along the way, right. Like, like who were your first sort of like, like, like your creative playmates, you know, like, like she was definitely, you know, like, like my, my most cherished, uh, uh, playmate for the longest time. And, uh, it and makes so, a ton of sense because I feel like if you have a little creative spark or something like that, having somebody like your grandfather or Brittany, like yeah. just that one little social presence can fan the flames and make that into a much yeah. bigger thing. And if you just didn't have that, you might have just not really had a chance to explore um, that side well, of yeah. you. Is that fair? What I mean, I would say I think I would have gotten there either way just due to writing. I think I think like writing was something that that would have come you know, sort of like naturally and just like, it's almost like you learn how to write and then, and then you, you see books, you, you try it out. But I do think that the sort of the ideation, uh, exercise, 
um, like, you know, like my, so I, I was the only, um, boy cousin for the longest time until my youngest brother, my younger brother was born nine years after I was born. And, um, and so it was just me, Ashley and Brittany, like, 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 like my, my three cousins, two cousins on my dad's side of the family. I have many cousins on my mom's side of the family who I also love and cherish, um, like siblings, but, um, but Ashley and Brittany and I, we would, I would go over there most weekends and then we would just play. And so, and so they, like, they had a whole playroom. I didn't have a playroom. I just had my room. Well, they, they they had a whole playroom and they had like Barbies and the Barbie house and just Barbie everything. I mean, like cars and all the dolls. <laughs> and so like that became our vector of like, like for creativity. Like I was over there every weekend playing Barbies. I mean, we would set up scenarios and we would play games, things like that. Um, and we would set up these whole stories and we would just play for hours. And I like, just like, like living the, these like alternate lives through these dolls. Um, and then we, we graduated from there to like starting our own sort of like, like live action TV shows where we would make costumes and stuff. And then we would, I'm just, I'm not sure I'm remembering all of this. I haven't really thought about this in a very long time. Um, but yeah, we would make costumes. <laughs> and we would have props and, and, uh, and some of our, you know, your, your kids. So you're just taking the world. And so your shows are actually probably get you canceled these days. But, but, but you know, <laughs> and then, and then we, we would play on Sunday mornings. We would play church. And so I would be the pastor, you know, and, and it was just like, it was just like, it was just like, so that they, like, they were very much like, 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 like Ashley and Brittany were, were, were my creative playmates, you know, um, uh, from, from you probably from didn't even have the words for this, but basically you were doing a ton of improv and acting like right, for, essentially, for yeah. just imagination, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. And just like constantly. Right. And, and so, um, and so that was sort of like, like, like the, like the beginning of, of, of things there. Very interesting. Um, and so the first thing you wrote that you can remember is the representative, but was, and and was it, and you mentioned Alice in Bible Land. So was that like the moment where you kind of recognized, oh, like I can write, I can create stories myself as well? Yeah. So I would say representative was certainly that. Um, and then in the fifth grade, I wrote a, a poem that was published in this like anthology of fifth grade poetry. And so that was my, I remember that also was a big moment too, because um, it was a huge deal getting published, of course. I wrote the poem in like, I mean, the competition, I think we were told about it like at 12 noon, it had to turn it in by 3 p.m. So I wrote the poem like that three hour period. And it was actually, I'm like looking back, it's like, it's actually not a terror. It's actually a pretty good, pretty good poem for, for like, like for a fifth grader. Um, I was 10. And, um, but I think because of that, my mom had me on the circuit with all her friends, you know, basically done like, like recite the poem, you know, for Miss Turner, recite <laughs> the poem for Julie. And I love doing it. And I would recite the poem and they're just there. And then just getting all that feedback. They're like, oh my gosh, like, 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 you wrote that. And that, I think that's my first time realizing that, okay, like, there is something like this isn't, I thought everyone was just like, you know, just like, like doing these kinds of things. But this, this is apparently unusual. And, um, and so, and because it was unusual, it, it maybe had the effect of making it feel a bit more special. Um, and, and as such, it, it felt maybe a bit more responsible to it, like, like to actually, so like, there's my interest in doing it, but now there is like, the, okay, like now I can get better. I can try new things. Like, like, like I can, I can, you know, improve somehow. And so my stepmother actually, and I'm learning, I'm seeing here too, is like, I, I, I love as I'm reflecting all of these, I'm like, there's just so many just people, like the people in my life who were really sort of like, well, even probably knowing it, just, 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 just like dropping these things. And, you know, from the very beginning with my mother, um, uh, and, and, and make sure there was always a book in my hand. And, uh, but my, my stepmother in, in, uh, in sixth grade, uh, we were walking through Barnes and Noble and she, and she was just like, do you want a book here? I don't know why we're in Barnes and Noble. It's just, you know, just a thing you do because there was, we didn't have iPhone then. And, uh, <laughs> you, just, you just spend your time just like 
going around looking at stuff. There's this and, thing uh, called the outdoors, and people would walk yeah, around it. Yeah, sometimes yeah, go in shops. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Everything from Bezos. And so, and so, uh, my um, my stepmother walking through the Barnes and Noble, and we, and we go to like the sales section, and uh, and and she's like, "Do you want any books here before, before we leave?" And I was like, "Huh, I didn't really think about it, but sure." I looked, and I saw uh, this book called Desperation by Stephen King, and uh, and I never read a Stephen King book before, but I knew the name because I I, I, just, I just recognized the name from this, you know, just like you just or you just walk out and you just see, oh, Stephen King somewhere, you know, um, so let me pick it up, and so I started reading it. And I was just like, floored. First of all, uh, it was it it, it was it was my first adult novel. Um, so so I was just like, holy crap! Like this is not can... Alice in Bible Land. Yeah, yeah this is not <laughs> I was like, people, people can write about these things. People can put these words in books and like 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 in, in print. And so I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> and so I, I tried my hand. At, at, after that moment, I was uh, like, my I pivoted fully into writing like fiction and, 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 and in particular with fiction, it was, it was horror. Uh, so like, like, like horror fiction. Um, and my first short story I wrote, I think I was homesick one day from school. Um, it was, it was, it was like later in the year. Like I can remember being hot. Um, and it was called the hay trade. And I actually, I, I discovered it at home, uh, like a few weeks ago when I went back to Richmond and it's just, it's just, it's 10 pages. It actually, I think I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about rewriting it. Um, now because the premise is actually quite, quite quite good uh but um but the first kind of interesting first... hearing you talk about these stories yeah i feel like you you have all this like <laughs> gold behind you that you could probably you know mine yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's actually quite true because um there's there's, there's there's another story that i i read recently in mine i was like you know maybe 13 14 where i was like oh i'm gonna maybe polish this off and turn it into a short film because because like it, it could be a really like cool and, and like creepy short film um but uh, but this one, like the hatred, this like the first, the first three words of the story are expletive off expletive, <laughs> and I was like, so here I am, just like trying out my 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 newfound uh, uh skill here. Um, but I found that that was, and as I reflect on my career, even my writing career, even today, like that's something that I've continued doing. I think that's also a thing that artists typically do, right? Is that you you look at what the greats are doing. And you try to replicate it, and then like in replicating it, you also kind of uncover how it might feel or how it might be expressed from your own lens, um, and then you begin to develop your style. You know, like 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 as you begin to pick. I've heard that again and again. It's like imitating someone else's voice helps you discover your own voice if you just do it enough, right? Yep, yep. You know exactly. And um, so it was so so it was desperation, and then my mom uh, over New Year's Eve, I, I will never forget it. We were sitting at my aunt's house on New Year's Eve and, and my aunt's uh, sister-in-law was there and, uh, and talked to my mom about this new book that was coming out, like, that, that just came out. And it was like, and like she read it and she thought it was going to be, she thought it was great. Like she thinks like kids are going to love it and, uh, and and that, you know, I should get on it right now because uh, it's probably going to be big. And so, uh, so my mom went and bought it for me at Walden Books. I remember Regency Mall here in Richmond and, uh, and I started reading it and it was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And, uh, and, and so I went, I've been taking it to school and my friends are all like, what are you reading? Like that book about a, like a boy wizard. That sounds stupid, Trey. Like growing up, read Redwall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're like, here's a red, it actually has like, it doesn't have chapters. It, it has books inside the book, like book one, book two, book three. And I was like, that's just a, that's a, a mechanism for subdividing the book. Like, like, that's not like, like, like a whole book. And stuff. But you know how kids are. And so. So now I was like, oh, well, maybe Harry Potter isn't like, isn't like cool, whatever. 
But then, of course, the next year, every single kid in the school like was, was reading Harry Potter, and so and so my mom got me. So your mother around. had heard your mother had heard of it early or something like that. She was early yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, she learned about it at that New Year's Eve party, and then she got me into it. And so that was also another sort of like as I was getting older, right? And for all, I mean, for most of people in our generation, I imagine, right? And listen in the states, um, like Harry Potter became sort of like the literary anchor, you know, like during that period in my life. And while it didn't really inform my my like writing style per se, it did sort of like I don't know, it, it made like Stephen King was 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 wonderful, you know, and 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 like captivating. And Harry Potter for me at that age, like it just it made words into magic, you know. Like like I remember just reading, sitting there and being like like wow, I'm like I oh I I I'm I'm reading. I was just kind of hallucinating because I was like I was like I was like so wrapped in the story, but like oh I'm actually sitting here looking at a piece of paper and and like and I would get kind of sad about that, but also kind of just enthralled by the fact that like that was impossible. And so that again was just a further reinforcement of of, of what words be for me. Hearing you say that, it makes me think of, um, yeah, Harry Potter, um, like Dan Brown, The Da Vinci Code. Like there were certain books yeah. where they just gripped society and they were so accessible. Um, as as a writer, how much of that do you think is the subject matter of the book? Or is it really more about the style of prose and the way that they can create images that just suck mm. you in? Oh, I think it's a bit of both. I think... So actually, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Um, uh, as you know, of, 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 of my of my experience in China in 2017. Um, so like, like, so if we got this, this like section of books, like get two books. Um, and, and one of the books. For, for, for the um, audience who doesn't know, can you just give them a little bit of context on why you were in China? Oh, yeah, I was uh, I was in China. Um, there was a, a company of schools here in, in base out of Richmond that began its first international um, operations um, overseas in Shenzhen, China. So I went over uh, as, as a school director for the first school, excuse me, and then eventually shifted over to the corporate side uh, as VP of business development. So overseeing French or, or helping with franchising and, uh, and, and, and helping oversee the sort of our, our new schools getting off the ground uh, in the new cities. And so um and so that was that was my primary reason for being over there. And also was very much involved like in helping to, you know, stimulate and contribute to the art scene uh, while, while while there too. And uh, so so at the end, um, as a sort of I guess you maybe can call them gifts, uh, I got these these two books. And um, and and one of them on the front like on the front cover, you know, like on the like on a book, like they try to put like the best sort of you know like things on the cover to attract you to read it. And and the and the blurb on the very front cover of this book was readable. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> and, so, and so I read it and I was like, wow, that story was stupid. But you know what? It was, it was very readable. Like, like, like I, I would give them that. Like it was like the language had flowed very easily. And, and so like, so it was almost like, like that's what kind of lulled me into keep reading it because it was, it was just, you know, like, like it's almost like you're just doom scrolling, right? Like it's, it's kind of like you, you, at a certain point you just kind of can't stop. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, so to your to your to your point is that I think that story was was very readable, but the st- content of the idea and and or the strength of the idea itself and all the plot and everything just didn't really like it. It wasn't, in my opinion, like worth the expression. 
um i mean like well, not say work i mean like always always create always create never that but, but saying like it didn't it wasn't, it wasn't supported you know like, like like the story didn't support like like the really good like craftsmanship like of sure of of the right um the author has many other wonderful stories um just that one just didn't strike it but then you have certain stories i think that um that um are uh that are um like great ideas you know like very stimulating ideas uh and they, and they are very popular because they're very stimulating ideas i'm not going to name names here but when you read them the writing is is just it's it's just not good writing um not saying that the writer wouldn't be capable of rewriting it just felt like almost the writer i don't know wasn't pushed to that or what or just like they just have great ideas but aren't so great on the execution side of things uh and 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 there are some really major uh uh book slash tv slash movie type like books that became movies for example that 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 in my mind fit that mold um and then you do have like like your like your dan browns you know like your like you know like like who who kind of really strike that like that 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 really nice balance of like this like really good writing and 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 that, and that writing that gets in the way of itself you know like i think sometimes like a writer can overwrite um and, and try to try to demonstrate oh look at how craft like, like how crafted my how well crafted my story is you know like and like and like look at and it's like and now i just feel like i'm just like reading your your like your synaptic exploration like you know like james joyce fan fiction or something <laughs> yeah basically yeah yeah you're right, exactly and like and nothing's wrong with that I, I do think that like there's i i, I love and, and that's and not to say like books that do that are not great i think that there are books that that when they do that Rather, like they're attempting to do that, and you can you can see the attempt in, like in the text itself, and that gets in the way of like the great story or the great idea that's like that's it takes to you out of the moment, right? Exactly. Like I think, I think for me with with the reading, especially, I want to be present as much as possible in the book. So like to, to have as few things kind of like in the way as possible, you know, like like giving me the path of least resistance in, in terms of like of like getting to what the meat of the idea. In the story are and so you have like you know um but then also there are books like literary fiction which i think like no point of the book actually is to sort of almost like like revel in this like in like this rich linguistic exercise and so i'm not saying like i'm not necessarily saying it that. depends on the goal of the the author in the book right not everyone it wants to write the next harry potter or the next da vinci exactly. code or something yeah exactly and then you have a writer like, like dan brown for example who strikes it with your balance of being like okay like it's it's super readable it's very well written because like you're i mean like like, like you're just, you're, something is like propelling it, you know, like, like you, you, you could, it's hard to kind of see the exact sort of mechanism itself, but, but like you just feel the four emotion, um, it's clipping yourself too, but like, there's always a, a four emotion. And then, uh, and this, the ideas are just like really cool and like very well researched. So, so I think that there is like, like, there is like that sort of, uh, um, uh, a, a thing as well. Um, I don't know how we got on, but, but yeah. No, it's, it's interesting to talk about because I think it's like, they're, they're, they're two different authors, but it seems like both of what they did was they um, would take a topic that everyone that had a lot of familiarity with, like uh, magic and wizards in the case of Harry Potter, or like almost mm -hmm. Christianity for Da Vinci Code, but then they really uh, inverted norms or inverted expectations or created some twist or angle that was like different, that would be controversial and suck you in. And then um, yeah. you said like, be present with the book. It's like, I think we, like a, a really good kind of popular book is one which it's almost like hypnotic where you are just 
releasing control of your thoughts to the author and you trust them so much and to yeah. just kind of pull, pull you through. Do you ever think about hypno hypnosis as a metaphor well, for writing? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's, there's two things. The, the word you use there, trust, I think is, is so super important. I think that a reader can instantly tell like if they are in like, like, like if they can trust the hands that they're in, um, uh, like, and I think that's, that's excellent hypnosis. Yeah. So I would say like, like with, I think for both the writer and the reader, uh, you know, like, you know, flow state, for example, right? Like, um, like there, like when I, when I'm really in it, like even like yesterday, with music or, or with writing, like yesterday I was working on this song and I was literally in the room from nine to like to three, didn't eat, didn't do anything. Cause I was also wasn't even like hungry, but it was just sort of like, you're just like in this, like locked into this, almost this, this, this gravitation. Um, yeah. And, and, and nothing seems to really exist quite outside of it. And so when, when writing and getting that space too, like that's, like that's the sort of it's almost it is almost like a form of self hypnosis, you know. Like Stephen King, uh, he he says, for example, he um, I, he he talks about his, his like morning routine um, when he's sit about to sit down at 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 his uh you know computer and begin writing, and he says is he has some message to his brain. He says, okay, now we're getting ready to dream, you know, and um and that's very much like what it what it does feel like. And so, and with and with my own work, my own writing especially, I try to. I do try to induce a sort of sense of not hypnosis per se, but just like, like with the rhythm like in the cadence of the language, not like, like that you can't underestimate either how like that sort of like the brain, you know, like, like it, it, it thinks in patterns and, and it, it takes in information and, and, you know, in, in waves, you know, like say, um, and so you can really sort of, uh, reflect that through your language. You know, I think poetry is a great study for that too. You know, like, uh, like that's that's how you could really, um, bring that, bring that about. And so I, I feel that sometimes if if the author is like is in their hypnosis or their trance state while creating, then there probably will be maybe a, a similar you know like 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 state for the person who was experiencing the art. Because I think that at the end of the day, whatever state like 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 we go to as as creators or whatever wherever that place is it's a place we all go to you know like like we all go to it either in our dreams or we go to it in our own meditation we're driving you know and we kind of like zone out for a bit or, or we're in our own sort of like a deep flow state whether through like exercise music or through work or, or, or through whatever it is that you do or, or, or loving others or whatever uh and so like when an, an author is able to almost like like take it in and then just and then like 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 pass it on to you and, and it's as though we it's, it's like i'm just giving you the the keys to this place you know like 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 giving you a key and a door and then you can open you can open that door you can enter into what what it feels like to almost be in my flow state but you see it's also somewhat similar to your own you know because it's all pulling from that same place whatever whatever that place is you know like whatever the thing is like you know i think that's where like that's that's what is kind of being drawn uh, and brought forth and experienced so yeah, hearing you say that, it sounds like, you know, I, I'd love to hear more about your writing process. I mean, um, you know, I, I imagine one place someone could write from is very cerebral, like up in their head, trying to be analytical. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is like trying to basically unblock everything and like get in touch with your emotions or your subconscious or your heart or whatever you want to call it. So um, can you share a bit about your writing process? How much of it is about just kind of like letting stuff flow out of you versus you having like a lot of kind of analytical or intentional plans behind a story? 
And that's a great question. It really is at this point all about the flow. Um, I, I will, I mean, like I, I think about my characters and, and I do the writing, even when I'm not writing, you know, like, like I'm lying in bed, I'm thinking about the story, but there is something with, with a novel, especially, I think this is kind of my first time really experiencing it, um, in this way, excuse me, because for example, um, and I've been writing this play, you know, over the course of seven years before that. And, and I finally finished it and it and play, I think it turned out exactly how I wanted to. I, I love it. But it took me a very long time to generate the ideas, like, like, like to, to, to get there. Um, and with the, with this novel and I think the reason why it took me a long time with that, because I was kind of getting in the way and, um, of, of where the natural energy of things were actually flowing. And with this novel, what I just more or less realized was like, no, like, like this was actually an exercise. Like if you read the book, it takes place all in one day, you know, and, and, and there's this, this French term that, that I uh, learned about while doing some, some research for this project I was working in Israel and it's, it's called Deriva. Uh, I might, I might be mispronouncing it, but, um, but the general idea is like, um, you go to a random city and, you know, people usually go to a city and they want to map out where they're going to go. And they like, you know, they say, I'm going to go here and do this monument over here and do this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the idea behind the is that you go to this, you go to a random city and you just start walking, you know, like you don't really have a plan or you just, you just, you just, you just walk, you know, and, and, and wherever you end up, you know, like that's where you were always going to probably end up. And the idea, the idea is like, you just, you allow yourself, you allow yourself to experience city, but you also allow yourself to to be drawn to like, like to, to, to things that they may come up along your, like your journey. And what you may realize too, is that nothing is random. You know, like, like you're drawn to these things probably for like for some reason, you know? And, and so, and so, and being drawn to them and then, and then like, and then like actually charting and, and walking that path, you know, you learn about the city, but you also learn a bit more about yourself too, if you allow yourself to, like to really like to get into it and see it. And so with this novel, Summer in the City, it's actually written almost like 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 almost is like this one long deriva you know like like in and uh and that's actually that's actually one thing i never really have actually expressed uh out loud but 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 it, doing it, it actually is um and but also it was written uh a, a bit that way too where where it was kind of like i'm on this journey with you like 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 let's like let's just let's just walk protagonists and, and see and see where it is that that we go you know and there was there were maybe like, I had like ghosts and, you know, and whispers of things I, I thought might happen um, throughout, throughout the novel, but, um, but it just all sort of just like flowed. Uh, and, um, and even in this, at its inception. So this is also a thing too, that I'm reflecting on a bit as of late, because it's, it's become a bit interesting for me as of late. Uh, it's the inception of, 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 of ideas now compared to how I used to be. I also forget how it used to be. That, that's the curse of knowledge, I say, right? Um, but, but, um, but like now, um, like the novel, for example, I was lying in bed one morning and then just boom, first line and the title and a major turning point in the, in the novel all came like at once. And, and I was like, huh. and I just got up and I started writing, sat down writing it and didn't stop till it was finished, you know? And, um, and that was my first book that I, I ever finished writing after trying and, and, and failing so many times. Um, but there's, there now just, even with the music, like there's just something now where it's like, it's almost like I just set an intention and now it's, I don't know what's happening in the background here, but it's like, okay, here is, here is the sound. Like, like, like here is the melody. 
here is like, here's a thing. And it's just, it just always, it just kind of comes almost like fully formed. Yeah. And, uh, and my job is almost just kind of like, like, I feel almost like I'm, I'm recording it, you know? Um, and I do think that that does kind of go with this idea of, you know, I, I also have, you know, like, um, I'm very attentive to like, like my, my mindful spiritual, you know, like, like practice. I think there is something too around just really getting to a point where, where, you know, like the ego is deprioritized. Um, and, and, and in that, like, there is an ability to really kind of just take in, like, like just like, take in the world as it is rather than as you want it to be. And as you take it in as it is, you can, you can see things, you know, like, like for, for what they might actually be, you know, and when you don't have an emotional involvement with needing this to be one thing or the other, like you can truly explore, you know, like, 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 like that thing, that person, that idea, you know, um, and all of this multivalence and, and all of its colors, um, in a way that you probably couldn't if you needed it to be one thing, right? Because you you want you you want to you're almost like tidally locked into one position, um, and so so I think like that's like like that's a big piece of it. I also think um, for me with with writing, uh, it, like compassion is 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 the greatest sort of um, tool for me because if like I love. The love that I that I, I aspire and, and, and hope that I, that I bring to the world, in reality, you know, I I, I focus on bringing that to to the people in in my work, um, and so uh, I think having that sort of compassion, let's say for like, I mean, I write about some very despicable, I mean, people do very despicable things, you know, like 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 that, like that is that is kind of like at the crux of of of, of what I've written about at least up to now. And, and I realized there's a reason for that, um, is that despite that, I also want to showcase sort of like, like this person's humanity, right? Like, like this, this person is not like this, this act is not, you know, you can't think of it in isolation, everything that has come into this person's life. Right. Um, and, and when you can begin to almost like, you know, like subtract or, 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 you know, or. Or reveal the the you know the the, the nesting doll you know the, like the eggs or whatever um, that maybe you can get a sense of the like the full picture of this human being and 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 love them you know like like you know even in light of what you know about them right and so so this idea of like trying to engender this almost radical empathy in in the reader um, I hope that if you can bring that empathy to a character in my in my work that perhaps you can then exercise that and bring it to the world you know like like when you see somebody out in the world or like a co-worker or a person who has wronged you you know like like might there be a similar exercise of getting to okay what might be at the meat of this human being um that might compel you to find something to love and to cherish that's interesting so it sounds like you're hinting at maybe some of the characters in in your book can you share a little bit more about the actual story and and this walk this person goes on <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to see uh, what, what what to share without giving too much away because um because like of course uh, yeah because yeah. the because the the main character um, uh, who remains nameless throughout the novel it's like as we are like there is there is a course like there is definitely like you know like a lot of things happen um in in the book and the book is also about the things that happen but also more so about how the main character is interpreting the things that, that are happening. Um, and what we get here is, is this, is this lens that has been honed over time through isolation. 
um, this, this, this person who from their, from their childhood and, and then kind of growing up in the world, you know, like, 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 like he's black, he's queer. He's also successful professionally. He, he's, he's got a lot of, you know, like, like accolades and all kinds of stuff too. Um, but there is still like an alienation, uh, that, that has, that has been some ways like pushed onto him by the world that he has also kind of taken, you know, like, like, like and, and held onto, you know, like, like from the world and, and, and we see what happens as the alienation sort of like festers and grows and, and is reflected on throughout the course of the story, uh, or, or rather what happens when it is, uh, catalyzed into something, you know, much, 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 um, much deeper than that. Um, and, and so, and I think for, and I think for me in exploring and exploring such a personality, I think this personality probably could only exist at this point. I mean, like couldn't exist up and only to up and could not exist until this point in time because of the way that the world is currently shaped. Uh, and, um, and so like in the novel is, uh, it deals a lot with that. It also deals a lot with just the sort of, there, there is a, there is an absurd quality to, to, to what the novel is intending to demonstrate the novel. I think of it also as a dialect, you know, so, so, so the idea being, you know, like, um, for those who may be less familiar with the term, uh, don't worry. I was too for, for until, until very short time ago, um, but, 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 um, is, you know, taking two seemingly opposing ideas, um, that, that seem to contract each other, but when you, when you bring them together, they actually synthesize into a, into a kind of like higher, you know, like, like third, you know, idea that can actually encapsulate the two. Um, and so the novel deals a lot with dialectics. Uh, so and the idea being like, if you were to write a dialectic sentence, for example, meaning that like the meaning of the sentence changes once you get to the very end of the sentence and you go back and read it again, you know, but yet you're still retaining information from point A to point B, but point B now kind of gives you a, a new tool to, to reevaluate that journey from point A to point B. And, and so, uh, and so for example, James Baldwin writes a lot in this style. Um, uh, Theodore Adorno writes a lot of dialectics. I find his dialectics like they're, while they're amazing, they're very, very challenging. Uh, and, um, uh, at least for me, um, but, but, um, so, so one sentence has multiple readings to it or multiple ideas in yeah. encapsulated in it. Yep, exactly. And then, and then like when you, but, when you read, uh, and so that's what I tend to do like with the books. So when you, when you read a, a paragraph, for example, it's like, oh, like I didn't take that away as being the conclusion of the paragraph, but now it like the, the thoughts, they, they like, oh, this actually makes sense. Let me, let me go back and reread that paragraph now and see, ah, okay. Now I, now I'm like, almost like, like you're given like, you're reading a puzzle, like you're reading like a puzzle, but you don't, you don't know it's a puzzle till you get to the end and you're like, oh, it's always been a puzzle this whole time. And now I now I have like, like, like the piece to go back and to now see the whole picture. And it's like, oh, wow. Like it could stand on its own, like, you know, without, without having to go do that. But, you know, part of the joy in going back um, and, and reading is that you now get to take information with you. Uh, and so the novel also, so the, the whole novel too is a dialectic. Like, and, and, so, and so like the idea too being like, if you can go back, in the very beginning and now you read the whole thing it's like okay like now like there's a it's almost like it's almost like a whole different story you know like, like to some degree because now you're contextualizing things in a much different way than you did when you first started reading it um but the events don't change but but like what they what they might mean does change uh and and so um and so uh i like a i like a like at a theoretical level necessarily like, like like at a like at a um practical plot, plot level, level. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so yeah, so, so that was also part of, part of the ex experimentation with, with, with this book. But, um, but then within that though, it's like, I, 
I believe that at the end of the day, if I'm asking you to spend time with, with, with my work, with my writings, with, with my theater, with my music, like it should entertain you. You should be entertained. So like, I'm not going to sit here and writing, you know, some stuffy old book, you know, and that stuff, this like, you know, like this dialectics, all this, like you cannot know any of that stuff exists. And I still want you to get through this novel and be like, wow, like, like I just had an experience. And so like, so like, I also write it to be entertaining. And I've been very, I've been very, um, you know, like overjoyed that everyone who's read like my, like uh, I had my, my, my lawyer actually, um, just, just finished reading it. Um, and he was like, if I'm representing you, if I'm representing you, I have to actually know what it is that, that, that you're writing. But I don't read fiction. He's like, I, I, I don't read books because I'm just always reading, you know, the law every, every day. But, um, but I'll get it from, I'll get this one to go. And he was like, Trey, I just read that 220 page book in like eight hours. You know, like he was, he was like, I just couldn't put it down. You know, and that like friends saying like, saying like, you know, like that was the, my, like the part. I look forward to, you know, like, like getting home at night was to get back and read this book. And these are friends of mine. At least, who don't at, least at least he didn't just say readable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like readable. Um, but that was also part of the journey for me too, because I didn't know what I had. So when I finished writing the book, I was like, okay, well that's, that's nice. Like I'll go back and give it two months and I'll sit down and read again. Cause I feel like I was just like, I'm pretty sure it's crap. You know, like Hemingway says the first draft of everything is, you know, you know crap. But you, use the other words. you never know until you let other people read right. it or ex experience it. And I knew that my friends, you know, might be biased uh, readers, as, at least as my initial readers. And so I was like, let me go and hire this like third party beta reading service, you know, like, like with like you know, professional editors who don't know me from Adam and, you know, and, and have no qualms is given to me straight because that's also their job is to like critique and help make it better. And so I, I passed it off to them. And about two weeks later, I got the feedback back. And she was just like, Oh my God. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> they're just like, he's like just 10 pages of like, just like, just like, you know, like not to toot my own horn here. So I probably have to come off this way, but it's like, just like, uh, I'm just like celebrating the book. Like I was like, where's the critical feedback? She was like, I wouldn't even recommend changing a, a word really. And, and I was just like, Oh wow. Um, and so that's when I knew that, okay, first, not the best evaluator of my own work. Uh, so, so, that, so that's, that's the first, that's the first lesson. Which means to always share, always, always, always share uh, with, with others, like if you can, especially people who, you know, don't have an interest in, in maintaining your ego. And um, and then just like, like have confidence in, in your creation, you know, uh, and uh, and and so like that was a, that was another like pivotal moment for me um, in all of this. So. Well, it, it makes you think of my question earlier about, you know, your writing style about it's it analytical, is it? getting into flow. And it's like, I think that those first drafts or just the actual writing process is more yet yeah, getting in touch with their emotions, that flow. But then the, the editing process, whether it's self-editing by yourself or, or somebody else, it's like we, we trigger that analytical side and that can be so critical or overly critical. And it's, it's so helpful that you had that resource of a third party to help you with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to your point about like the writing process too, I should also maybe mention this as well, that Excuse me. I am also a bit of a ruthless editor. And so I think what that may also come into is that I'm also a bit of a ruthless self-editor. So like even before I even put the idea on the page, it's I think it's almost like I I kind of hope myself to a very just uh, a, a very clear standard of what is worthy to be on that page. Um and and so um like uh and I think what that has allowed me to do like with this book, it is like it's like super efficient. Um, you know, I think that's also one thing I could give a lot of credit to my employer for, 
uh, is, is just, it's like really getting us to like, you know, concision, you know, like, 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 how can you, how can you express this really complex idea in as few words as possible? Uh, and so having that training at work has been, you know, like majorly beneficial, like for my, for my creative life as well. Um, that and, is such a, uh, that's such a superpower just to kind of double click on that. I mean, so many people, I think, uh, mistake verbosity with intelligence or like giving something a fair treatment, but it's like, yeah, you, the, the further you get in business and in success, like CEOs will write like three sentence emails or like just the subject <laughs> yeah. line. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. if, you, if you're not exposed to like that sort of conciseness of, of communication, you're like, what is yeah. this? But that is like the, the gold standard is how can you express what you're trying to express as simple as possible, usually, or yeah. as concisely as possible. Um, and that leads to actually better writing because then you're respecting the audience's attention. You're not sending them down rabbit holes. You're not confusing them. You're actually yeah. getting them yeah. in that hypnotic flow state that uh, mm. that's nice. I love that term, respecting the audience's like, like, you know, attention. I think that's like that at the end of the day is yes, that's, that's the most critical thing for me as like, as like a creator for other people. It's like, I want to respect your attention. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, you, we've talked a lot about your writing. You also mentioned that you got into plays and theater and music as well. Um, mm -hmm. it sounds like you have also written some plays, you've written music. Do you feel like one of those is your strongest love today or what you're really trying to pursue the most or how do you kind of uh, think about how those relate um, in your life yeah it's interesting it's uh so it's funny i always thought of myself actually as like oh i've always been like excuse me i'm gonna blow my nose real quick here uh I'm yeah no no worries um so you don't have to see me but maybe you, you might you can um you can hit the mic mic button and mute yourself just temporarily if you want okay there we go all right, I need to make sure. Okay, I'm all good. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So actually, it's funny. I always thought of myself as like I've I've always been a writer. Writing has always been my like my first love and, and everything. And I was I was talking to my mom the other day about just my childhood. I was just like, I'm just curious to know like what was I like as a baby? You know, just like just as a just a baby. You know, and she was like, you're you were you're a very happy baby, a very loving baby. Um, she said you would just, you would like, but you also, you just, you would always be just like singing and like humming and, and, and clapping your hands and stuff. And then she said like, and we had this radio downstairs. Um, and, and, and you would all like, when you learned to crawl, you would crawl over to the radio and then you would turn on the radio and you just sit there and just like clap your hands, you know? And then when the radio was broken, you would still turn the radio on and you just clap your hands. So you just had like your own, like, like song going on. And, uh. And I was like, huh, like, you know, and then I was thinking back to like, yeah, I remember when I was actually one of my other favorite creative playmates, um, like of all time was, was my best friend, uh, Aaron, Aaron McCoy. Um, and, and Aaron and I like from, I mean, like we were eight years old and we had created this whole, I mean, like this whole, like, like cinematic universe of, of like, of like our own characters and our own, you know, like like people and things. Um, and so we had this like record label called Array Records for Aaron and Trey. So Array Records. And, Love it. <laughs> um, and, and at the time, my favorite artist in the world was Lil' Kim. Uh, and, and still is big ups uh, to the Queen Bee. And, uh, and, then, and, and, then, and then for him uh, was, uh, was Janet Jackson. And so we, are, we had like our own like Lil' Kim and Janet Jackson characters that we created. Mine was Queen D. 
his was called Desiree. And we, Harry, we spent, we would like write whole 13, 15 song albums, like, like the lyrics, the melodies and everything uh, for, for these characters. Um, and then we would go over to his house and he was like this, this like Lego grand master. And, uh, and, and he would, um, create all these like giant stage and like arenas and stuff. And we would just have, we would just spend hours just like having like, this like a concert, you know, and our own like VMA awards, our own music videos. So like, like that was just like our way of just playing. Um, and, uh, and that was for like years. And then over the years, I think we honestly wrote between us probably like 20 like or so albums, you know, like, like for all our different characters and we had them and Lisa Loveless, like a, like a Diana Ross type character, you know, and, and others too. And so, um, and you know, with all right, this, um, with all the AI like music stuff, you could probably like actually put them to people's voices today. Yeah, well, <laughs> <fair> not, right? <laughs> and, and so, and so like, and so for me, like I was, and there was that, and then also going to the middle school and being in band, um, where I was, you know, pushing to play in the French horn, which I had, I was like, what is this, you know, like oblong thing. And, um, but that was just my instrument for like the next six years. Um, but it was in middle school where I was exposed to like, I learned how to read music. Um, and so, and so I remember to this day sitting, wow, I can almost, wow, I can feel what it was like to be there, uh, sitting in the room and like, one, two, three, four, like, like reading like, like the quarter notes, you know, like, like on the board as, as you drew it out and doing the exercises with, with the clapping. Um, and then in eighth grade, I decided to, I downloaded this free trial of the software called Finale. Um, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to just click around and, and, and play and then you, you click on a line and you can, you can hear how it sounds as an A or an A flat or whatever. And I was like, oh, like, let me just play around with this then. And I just started playing around and like make with, with sounds. And at first it was just, it was just sounds, it was just noise. But then I was like, okay, well, this just sounds muddled. There's no reason why it can't sound like what I read in the sheet music at school. So let me just maybe try to take this, like a, like a score and put that into here. Right. And see how that sounds like, oh, okay. So, oh, that's what that is. Like that, like really pretty sound is called a chord. And the chorus, like the, it comes from looking like this. So it's almost like, like through deductive reasoning, like I, I was like kind of teaching myself. It's like me, basically like, you know, music theory. Um, and, uh, and then just started composing like, like my first pieces. Uh, I remember one, it's like, it's like, like underneath it. And I was so proud of that piece. I was like, like, oh, this actually sounds like it has like structure and form and, and like it has like the yes the same three chords but like it it actually sounds like something and um and so from there uh like music just became like 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 my like like it, I was just so deeply fascinated uh by it like like as a sort of creative vector and when I got to high school was when um like it was just uh, it just skyrocketed and it was fully facilitated uh by by like one woman um who was who has since passed away but when I think about the educator and I think every single student she ever had has said the exact same thing about her, but like, uh, but I'm special, uh, but like, uh, no, um, but, but, um, uh, is Miss Tyree because in ninth grade, I, there were, we were having auditions for our high school musical, uh, which was Wizard of Oz that year. And I was just, that sounds like fun. I didn't, I didn't some theater back in middle school but that was just like that was like crap and then we had like a budget and we have painters we have a set of costumes like whoa this is like so amazing 
So I, just really, I really want to get in this show. So I, I auditioned and I got the role of a Winky. And like, you know, oh, yo, oh, and I was like so excited to be a Winky. Uh, and, um, but Miss Tyree, she was also the, she was the vocal director and also she was the, the director of, like, of the orchestra. And she was like, have you ever considered coming to chorus? Like, like taking chorus, and I know you're in band, but like, you know, you have a nice voice. You should say taking chorus. I was like, you know what? That's true. So the next, the next year I, uh, signed up for chorus. So I took, I took, I took gym in the summer in order to create my schedule. Um, and I took chorus and it was in chorus at like, that first, that first nine weeks, first semester in chorus where I was introduced to Mozart. Um, because we did a master's works, con master's works, master works concert, um, where we uh, performed one of Mozart's Vesper services. And I was like, holy crap. Like, like. I was like, what? Like, it was one of those things where it's like this, like this sort of elevation, this, this, this sort of like, like, like heightened emotional sense state, this like, this emotion I didn't even know I like existed in my body, but now I, I, I have vocabulary or at least like some sort of, you know, sensational vocabulary for it because like I, I have experienced it through this sound, like this exists. So through Mozart, I then began exploring, you know, like, like Bach and then my then found Beethoven and that was where like like everything is sort of just like like just I was like oh my gosh I mean so for me when I discover things I, I go I go pretty I go pretty pretty deep um and so like Beethoven became like this I mean like the like my like the like like the the altar at, at, at which I like I would approach and just and just be like shine down on me like like whatever you got um but at the same time, right, I had Beethoven here, but also like in the, in like on the more mainstream side of things, like I was also, I had just discovered, you know, like, like Madonna, you know, like, like, like for example. And so, and so I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, wait a second. First, cause that's when music came out, music. So I, I get that. And I went back on her discography. I was like, here's an artist who pairs music now with visuals and, and, and with storytelling and, and like, and like, and with like. Like, so there was like all this sort of artistic expressions really just like hitting at once. And I was like, whoa, like, like enthralled. And so, um, so that was sort of the beginning point of, of my journey towards, towards music. And so after that, my compositions began to mimic more of like the Beethoven style of things and, and classical style of things, you know, and then also tried my hand at, you know, I mean, not really, but just like, you know, simple little melodies, like, 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 like a pop melody, for example. Well, let me ask you this. It seems like it's so interesting hearing you talk about all this. When you get struck by something that really impacts you, you just go, like you said, really deep in it. You get drawn into it. Do you ever have a voice in your head that's like, oh, I don't have time for this or this isn't practical or I need to do something else? It just seems like you have no like self-doubt or inner monologue about like whether you should pursue something. You just instantly go into creating. Is that is that fair or is that do you have anything to share on that on that front? Yeah, I would say that's fair. Um, I mean, perhaps there is some sort of like background self-editing, you know, that's that, that's happening, you know, as a sense of. So like, it seems you know, like you just you just can play like you don't have like I think the fact that you it seems like you just jump into it head first and just play and enjoy it that you then are able to like do so much and be so fast and prolific with your output versus somebody who's more in their head or in their own way. So can you share some yeah. thoughts on that? I, I actually, I mean, I guess when you, you put it in those terms, it resonated because I was like, yeah, it is for me. It's, it's just, it's just play, you know? And, and I think like, that's, 
like that's why I can commit myself to it for so many hours because it's just it's just truly just so fun. Um, and and um, and I think like that's the sort of spirit that. Um, I mean, I think there's a couple things that that enable that too. Is like, hey, like I'm not relying on it for my like personal well being, you know, because because I I am I am you know I'm blessed and fortunate enough to have. You know, like 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 a, a pretty nice great you know a great professional you know situation too and and so and so like like for me like like my books music that is now where i go to like for play you know like 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 these days um and um and it happens people might like they like the output of the play right but like but that, that is sort of like that's the place where i find restoration um there's no there's no immediate need for financial outcome or there's no financial pressure right. on that right if it becomes commercially successful if people want it and it impacts lives great but you don't need that right away to right. pursue those those avenues exactly exactly and i think that that's what helps also maybe keep it a bit more flexible like like in my mind because that sort of pressure is is not there the pressure that i have is more so for myself you know like i think here's the difference between because you kind of asked this question a little earlier too like between like prioritizing music versus theater versus 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 fiction or and um and it's not right, there's, there's so many there's so many things to do that are fun it's like how do you decide you know what to <laughs> pursue <laughs> yeah so it's almost like i feel like i have like things going on like 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 in parallel but one thing i noticed too is that i have gotten just more efficient at, at what it is that that i do so so like it might take me now you know like a few days just to fully conceptualize, write, produce, you know, like, like and, and get a song down. Um, whereas before, maybe it was like a much longer process. Um, you just get better. You, know, you, you just you just learn, and you just you just you know your your, your mind becomes far far more agile. Build muscle uh, memory. Exactly, and uh, and so like, but for me, it's it's like almost like it's not really prioritizing where to go, uh, but it is a matter of, of like where do I feel drawn right now? You know, like like like. So there are many times where I would sit down, like, I'm going to write a story. And it's just like, ah, uh, like that, like, it's, it's almost like something in my body's like, nope, like, that's not what I'm trying to become right now. You know, it's like, oh, well, let me go maybe work on a song. It's like, yeah, there we go. Like, 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 that's what I want to do. Or it's like, let me go and write, work on a song right now. And it's like, nope, that's not where I'm being drawn right now. It's like, oh, let me go to a story. Yep. That's like, that's the sort of juice. And it's almost a thing too, where if I don't do it at a certain point in time, it's not even a matter of, it becomes unfun to make up a word it becomes unfun for me um because it is almost like there is this sort of like force it's like this like energy like this it kind of just builds up and it, it just it like it has nowhere to go like i become more agitated like like this i just feel off um and so it's almost like me sitting down at, at the word processor at, at my computer and writing for you know like an hour or two at night you know it's just literally you know that's just like eating food or like, like, like exercising, you know, like it's, 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 it's something that also feels very critical, you know, like, like to me, even like to my well being. Um, and so like, have you, um, yeah, no, please go ahead. No, 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 go, I'm not. I was going to say, uh, have you heard of, um, the book, the artist's way by Julia Cameron? Do you know that book? No, I'll look it up. The artist's way. Yeah. One of my artists just recommended it to me. Um, and she was, uh, uh a screenwriter, uh, author wrote a lot of nonfiction and like one of her ideas she recommends is doing she calls it morning pages where basically you journal you know three pages kind of stream of consciousness every morning and i've been doing it the last week or so 
And it's been really fun because I, I don't know, I feel like I, in my journey, like I, um, yeah, I have a lot more of that, that energy or that voice of like, oh, this is what you should do to get this goal. Yeah. Should do this, should do that. And I'm trying to channel more and tap into like, well, what do, what do I want to just flow through me or like, where are the thoughts on my mind? And it's just amazing how much faster you can create output, <laughs> you yeah. know, if you just let things flow versus trying to, you know, uh, white knuckle or like force something. Yeah. yeah no, that's exactly it. I think that that's like, it's like with, with a novel, for example, there are many times where I was writing and I would maybe feel a little stuck and then this little voice would be like, consider what you've already given yourself. And I would reflect on the story. I'm like, ah, yes, there was this, this kind of like almost a throwy line I, I wrote 50 pages ago, but like now that could become a much bigger thing. Let me like leverage that into this next section. And then it's like, boom. And then like, so that it was kind of like that. It, it, it was almost like you know, everything is monadically contained, you know, like, it's just like, like, it's just, you just have to unpack it. Like, like, that's all you got to do. Like these little intuitions that, that kind of like spring forward and flow through you might even know what they what, what they mean at the time they, they might actually be the unlock you know like 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 later in the process and when it comes to our music it's very much written that way too right it's much easier with music because because it's like literally you have motifs you know and and and, and, and so like you can literally take a single line and transform it you know um and, and repurpose and, it somewhere else right exactly and it has, it has a benefit of, of basically new but also being familiar so it's, it's not too you know like you know uh uh, subtractive from the listening experience. And so, so like, I think like that's also a, a really key piece of, of, I guess like advice that my brain gave itself over, over this past, you know, this new phase of my, my journey as an artist is, is, uh, consider what you've already given yourself. You, um, and, and in that you might actually find something, something new. Uh, and, uh, and so one of the, one of the most fun things with this journaling practice I've been doing recently is like, yeah, when you, when you write something and then you surprise yourself, you're like, how did this came for me, but it still surprises me. Or I didn't think that this yeah. would come or you, you relate to it in a different way. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing. You're going back through your writing. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Like I can yeah. expound on this or this actually is like foreshadowing something that I can create and explore. And oh, yeah. that's so cool. I, like, I go back and read the novel and I'm like, oh, holy crap. Like that was like an excellent, I was like, I was like did I deliberately do, like, no, I kind of forget, like, did I deliberately do that or was it just kind of like a, like a happy accident? An, an emergent like, property, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that, but that kind of, kind of goes back to what I was saying before is that I do, I do truly think like as, as creatives, there is, there is just like a place. I don't know what this place is, what, like what this thing is that, that like, that is, that we're drawing from, you know, and, and, and like the, and the idea, it literally is almost like a little like, like packet of like of like information just kind of like just like implant it in your head and like and your job is to just like use all the wiring and circuitry of your brains and sort of like like really reveal it, and, it. And, and, and see it yeah it's to receive it and become aware of it and become increasingly aware of it as you retell it you know or or, or as, as you express it rather uh in, into the world and i found actually it's funny with, with the music in this past two weeks um I mean, I, I do think that my songwriting actually has, has kind of taken like, like a step change. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I found it to always be like a, a, a fairly, you know, fine songwriter, but like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, like, at least compared to my own discography, like, like, like my songs are like leaps, you know, like, like quality and everything like than, than they were before. And, and what I've noticed is this, like, I would have an idea, like I wrote this, this recent song called Pure Lies. And uh, like, like last week, I'm actually going to the engineer today to, to finish mixing it. And, um, and, uh, 
but um i it just it is all it is all just kind of came like boom all at once and i was in the kitchen and i was just i was just like i was just downstairs it was just like i was just seeing it and they were all like why can you please just like shut up like no one knows when you go but i but no no one like no one can no one can connect no one can engage with that like it's just like it'll be it's just like and so and so then um so you were you so were basically was, vocalizing some of this stuff but the people in the room with you just couldn't know what you were you were doing it's yeah, they're they, like they know, they is know trey having a stroke yeah. or something yeah, basically, yeah, he's, he's just babbling here and, and so but then um and so when i went to actually do work on the production so like to write the instrumentation out for it um and to decide the instruments and everything too i had i was i was at first working in a sound that was not the sound that first like that, that, that i first heard and then i was like it just doesn't it didn't it wasn't really it, like trey's version of like of the song wasn't really you know like sounding good so i was like well let me go ahead and you know and and just try like this version i had in my head then i guess and uh and i was like oh wow like that actually sounds like that actually works way better uh and and then like the intro and the exit are this sort of like 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 this like this almost like a processional trumpet sort of thing and and again it, again it came like fully formed and I was like but I don't know if that's going to really fit in the song anymore and so I'm like no I'll just go ahead and I'll, and I'll compose it out and blah, 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 blah. and so then I listened to it I was like oh wow that sounds actually really great and then it actually became like the bookends of the song the beginning and the end and also it's the it's the middle uh, instrumental break of the song too and I was like and then I just realized I said oh yeah like whenever I literally went back to how the song originally was messaging like, like into my head it's like like it is indeed like the like the song you know like like, like it, it's 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 heads above what i was trying to do in trey's version like, like this is like the like like the version that 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 came like from the sort of like pure palace of inspiration you know um and i think like that's one thing now that i i've, I've come to respect is i have to get out of the way of that you know like like like, mm -hmm. like like I am, I feel more like I am the reporter of, of, of this and, and I've been given, you know, the gift of having access to, to whatever, whatever space this is. And it's just kind of my job to more or less like midwife it, uh, and into the world, you know, through the skills I've developed over the years. Do you know, um, Rick Rubin, the producer? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Recently him I've been thinking about him. I've been thinking about him. I never think about Rick Rubin, but over the past week, I've thinking about Rick Rubin quite a bit. So, 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 so. <laughs> maybe, yeah, that that's funny. Um, he just started a podcast recently, and mm. uh, I haven't listened to every episode, but I've listened to a few. And one of them, he interviews. Uh, he's talking with John Mayer. Mm -hmm. It is so good. They basically just talk about songwriting, the creative oh. process, and uh, John Mayer literally like halfway through Rick Rubin gives him a guitar and he starts just like riffing on songs and it just shows it's just a lot of what you're talking about like he he's all about getting out of the way just like not thinking just staring at the wall and just letting whatever come out come out and he also talked about how he's got all these little licks and riffs and bits of songs but they're like almost like tools in the tool belt that he hasn't used yet and he doesn't know how he's going to yeah. use them but it's like you just kind of and that what you were saying earlier about like ignoring Trey's version, having these pieces, and then you once you just let them come out and you put them on paper, then you started to see how they could fit into the song and make the song better. It made me think yeah. of that as well, which was cool. You mentioned the idea too, like with, with lyrics. This is one that happens with me. Same thing with, with, with lyric writing is that I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, 
like I don't have the words, which is like a. And I've seen you know like like other uh, like like songwriters write this way too, you know. But it's like it's like a. And then it's like I don't know what that sounds like, but let me try to write a like, write write a lyric to this. And when I try to write, and I you know, and the sound is like I record it in my voice notes, and it's like a. And it's like the actual sounds that I'm making, I write words that are not matched to those sounds and the words just fall flat but then when i start listening to the sounds themselves and it's almost like it's almost like a sculpture it's like like the like the babbling is like like you take the you took a a, a piece of stone and you hacked all pieces of it and and like the image of the of like of david or whatever is like it is it, it's like in there and your job is it's almost like 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 you're willing away to and hack like, on the the vowels and hack on the consonants, <laughs> right? Exactly. But 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 it's like but when I begin to fit the lyrics to how the quote unquote babble the phonetics, like, 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 yeah, the phonetics of it and like in the flow and it sounds like oh like these are like that's actually these are really cool lyrics and because music is essentially just poetry with, with you know with like like in, in t- like in tones you know like yeah it, it makes sense because like you are you're, you're leveraging the natural sort of uh, flow of the sound. Have you seen the the new Peter Jackson documentary about the Beatles? Do you know that? No. Uh, I haven't seen the whole thing, but there's a clip on YouTube you should watch after this where it shows them sitting uh, in in the studio and toward the end of their time together. So they're kind of like, you know, uh, breaking up. And yeah, he's he's just literally like riffing and he comes up with Get Back in like 10 minutes. (laughs) I thought that. It's incredible. (laughs) And he's just basically babbling, just like you're saying, you know, he's just kind of babbling. But then even though he's babbling, it still ends up phonetically sounding very similar to the babbling that he starts yeah, out exactly. with. Because it is like, I don't know how to describe it. It is like, it's just like, there's like, just like this place. And it's just like, uh, it's as though like a sort of, I don't really, I don't hear like, I'm not hearing actual like sounds per se, like, like, like in my head, but there is like, um, there's like, there is like, like an impression, you know, like, like, like there, there are actual sounds, like, like there, there is yeah. actually something so you can almost like hear it like like echoing from some sort of some sort of unconscious place um and and it's about like i i call it i call it deep listening you know like 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 that like that's that's what it really feels like it's like a very deep listening um and i think the more and more you practice this whether they whether even them do meditation through a sort of spiritual practice right like when you get back to your music and your creativity it's like you have a, you, you could drop to a place like far far more quickly than you did, could maybe in the past you know um, because you just you train your mind so much, and it's how to just instantly kind of like 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 go to that space. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, one thing I I, w- I want to ask you, I think, just to change the yeah. subject, like we talked a lot about your artistic side and your artistic career, different pursuits. But like, what people may not know is like you've also had a lot of experience. Um, uh, went to different schools. Yeah, uh, didn't you go to uh, business school and government public policy school? Um, yeah. Your time in China working in the business world and consulting. I'm curious, what do you feel? Do you feel that all that experience and kind of business and higher learning, did any of that have a positive impact on your ability to write and create music? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. I think, you know, uh, actually, there's this funny you mentioned it. Um, there's this really great... Uh, you know, like I have the Bhagavad Gita here. I, I'm just a, I'm, I'm just a, a major, major fan of of just all global thought. I mean, I think it's just such a major go for it. One. But there's this this uh, 
this line that really stood out to me here. Um, and it's this, it's, this is kind of like, so this, this, uh, this translator here, Eknath S. Warren, uh, might be mispronouncing his name here, but he is, uh, um, he's like a translator, but he's also a philosopher. He's also a historian. So, so like, like he, he writes these really wonderful commentaries uh, before each of the verses. And he has, this is his intro, but he talks about this concept, uh, called Strada. Uh, which I'm probably mispronouncing again. So please, if people get the right pronunciation, uh, please uh, email Harry. Let us uh, know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but he talks about essentially, you know, like like what like what a person is, you know, like like and, and that's and that's kind of what like what what Shraddha is, you know, like it's 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 self image, it's 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 faith, but it's but it's, but it's like everything. Um, and he says sense of identity. Well, yeah, and, and and so he says, you know, like, uh, like when yet Shraddha is not brute termination or wishful thing or wishful thinking. When Saint John of the Cross says, "We live in what we love," he is explaining Shraddha. This is our world. Our lives are an eloquent expression of our belief. What we deem worth having, doing, attaining, being, what we strive for shows what we value. We back our Shraddha with our time, our energy, our very lives. And so I think there is a sort of Everything feeds back into itself that, that sure, yes, like, like the time in China, the, like, like the going to these schools and programs and my professional career and all these things do support and enable my work. But like my work also supports and enable these things too. And all these things are just a, a full expression of a, of a single guiding principle, you know, like, 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 like of my life and kind of like that deriva, right? Like it might, it might feel like I'm just kind of like walking through life and looking at all the different, different things, but I'm being drawn to them for some reason. And, and being drawn to them, there is something that is, is being expressed and learned and encountered, you know, uh, like, like, like in reaching the destinations of these different, different things. Right. And, and soaking and absorbing in all the sort of, you know, gifts and things that they may offer, uh, offer my life. And so like the same thing that motivated me to go to China, that, that sort of orientation towards being exploratory, you know, and, and, and wanting to meet others and, and learn new things and, and to be challenged in new ways, right? Like that is still like that same sort of spirit or whatever carries over into other parts of life and like from a creative work, you know? And so, and so like everything, everything is seeded from the same soil, you know? And, and like, and it's just one tree that, 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 that grows in the same direction, you know, might, might have different branches, but everything's growing in the same direction. Everything's being fed the same, um, and being exposed to the same forces. And so, and so I think like, like, so I think like, that's like, that's how I think about it, um, is like, for me, I'm just living. Right. Like, and, and like, am, am I, in my living, all these things are happening, you know, uh, like, like in that through my activity, I'm living and like, and like, in like, in, in my activities happens to be right. These creative things. Like, and, and so, and so like, so that's kind of also how, like, like, like how I see it. And I think we all have our own version of that. And so I think for me, what I've just gotten really to the point of, of exploring and, and making sure I'm engaging is exactly that, like beyond all the different jobs and schools and, and books and songs and, and those things like, like going within self, right? Like, like what within me is the sort of engendering factor of all of this? Like, you know, like, 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 like these are all being created. And, and, and as these are being created, as these are being pursued, as these are being, you know, like whatever, um, I'm also learning about who Trey is like, like, like at the heart of all that, all of this is just exploration of self, you know, and, and, and like, and, and and that expiration comes the expression of self, right? And and so that's so that's how I really see the sort of like the entire 
ecosystem of, of activities that they you know that has just basically it is my life. No, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, it's it's a it's a cool way to look at it. Basically, I I think it's a healthy way of saying, hey, like this is almost like a canvas where you can learn about yourself and explore. And um, it sounds like you dabbled and been drawn in different things in different ways, and then you just kind of follow that, and it's just fun activity or play for you. You know, you mentioned earlier, like with your work, your current work consulting, that you learned about the power of writing succinctly, being concise uh, with communication. Are there any other like sort of tactical um, uh, uh, benefits or things that you've learned, whether it's from your job or other things that are like maybe on the surface, not as artistic or creative that you feel like has helped you with your creativity or maybe even beyond that, like, you know, as you make, take these steps to maybe commercialize the, the novel, get that, get a publisher. Um, do you feel like your sort of quote unquote business background, what, what sort of benefits does that have to help you maybe have more commercial success or, um, you know, popular success with some of your creative work? Well, I, I'll, I'll scaffold up from the, to talk a bit, a little more about like the, the creative side than, than the commercial side. On the creative side, you know, when it came to writing my stories, I I had really, I think I had very sound ideas and they were very, very good premises. Um, but um, but like structuring story, structuring play, though I wasn't very good at. Like I wasn't as great at structuring, you know, like like, like plotting it out. And uh, and then also I would walk away from a lot of stuff. I I started writing because I would just kind of. Feel like I was it wasn't good enough and I, and I would get down on it you know and I, and I, would, I would you know never get done and so one of that my like my job has really really taught me and I give I give pretty much all the credit for this to 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 to, to the firm to, to, to our firm um is um is a like everything is highly structured so so so, so like like you really have no choice like you're structuring a, a page you're structuring a, a storyline structuring you know a presentation you're structuring a conversation like like, like everything is being structured so like so my brain is now in like in this very like, you know, like intense and robust training on just like just being highly structured. And so boom, immediately now, like when it comes to think about a story, the structure like like is revealed almost at like at the exact same time. And again, it's it's a highly efficient structure because how I'm also been trained. A second thing too is that we have this thing called like 80-20, which essentially, you know, like um, you know, like get your first pass to be like 80% of the way there. And then we will, we will iterate like as a team on the last 20%, you know, like, like, like we'll get to the last 20% together. And, um, and so what well, I've that, heard, I've heard that idea is also like, uh, sometimes it, to get to an 80% draft, it takes 20% of the time, you know, exactly. or like what, what's, what's the, what's the thing that takes 20% of the effort to get 80% of the way exactly. there. And exactly. Um, it's like the, the, the other side of that coin, like exactly, exactly that. And, and so for me with that and having that principle validated time and time again at work and like, okay, oh, I'm not going to get in trouble for having the most perfect thing at the very beginning or, or you know, or, or like, like it actually makes it stronger when you kind of just have the initial, you know, like, like, like you take less time because then you can put the time to other things and you, and you put the initial thing down there and then you can move to other stuff, but you also can iterate on this thing to get it to the, be the best version possible. And so what that allowed me to do was go back to my creative work and be like, okay, like I don't have to walk away from this book, you know, like, like, yes, it might not be the best paragraph, the best page right now, but Hey, I'm going to just push through and I'm going to, I'm going to get to, to that. So I completely 80, 20, uh, the novel, you know, and, and, and like, and like giving myself that permission to kind of like step away from the perfectionism, you know, like, like for example, was, was very, very important for me. 
And so like, I mean, so again, like, I don't think that that novel could have been written uh, without the sort of training I received professionally. Um, Let's just ju jump on that for a second. I think that's so powerful because there's so many artists that I work with where I feel like they work on their, their crap. Most of them are painters, you know, they work on it in isolation. And so it's just so easy to get absolutely paralyzed staring at a canvas and like thinking it's not done yet. It's not, it's not perfect. And then you just, next thing you know, it's like, you just, you build these habits and you build this sort of instinct that you just, you just are delaying and delaying and delaying and you just don't ever exactly. like get something out there. And it's so hard for people, especially when they're socially isolated to not yeah. fall into that trap. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's, and that's always been hard for me. And I think that's the one thing I'm so thankful for now is that I have, like, I've been given the gift of like a sort of freedom from that. And, uh, and it's not to say that I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm a ruthless editor still, like, I, like, for, like for myself. Um, but I think being faster just generally now, and then also having these, this new way of looking at things has been an ama a major unlock for me creatively. Uh, on the business commercial side of things, yes, absolutely. So it's actually funny. My 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 agent and I talked about this, uh, where where he said, you know, like the like the one, that like the, like he said, like you know, like um, he said we're sitting here strategizing the book, and you're probably going to be much better at strategizing like 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 the book, you know, like than I am because of, like you, this is just like like what you just do all day, um, you know, and and um and and so uh and then so it, but it, it's true because it allows me to be a much deeper partner uh with him as it relates to our commercial strategy um so so um and then also there this this agent that you're working with like i'm sure it's incredibly appealing to be like oh i'm working yeah. with an, a writer who actually has a business background and like uh probably knows more about some aspects of business than i do and like can really be a partner like that that will probably make it easier for you to get help and get yeah. people to want to support you and move you Absolutely. forward. One hundred percent. And one thing he says too is that he says, uh, "You're also he says like you know a lot of artists, while they're excellent artists, you know they're not necessarily professionals. Like so it's like so like, so like in the sense where you know like like understanding like yeah when you send things out like this is how process works. You know this is just like it, it's not it's not personal. Right? Like this is just like this is just like the com this is like the commercial side of, of art. Now, you know and and it's like and you might underestimate how that can be such a such a tough process for a lot of artists to maybe navigate you know before professionals especially coming from this like very like you know like like you know uh like this like more sort of corporate you know like like, like background too you know you yeah you, you're you're quite used to that so like, like to that, that way of doing things so you're not put off by it if you say professional you mean like you mean like business etiquette like right exactly know, communicating properly letting your yes be yes your no be no and exactly and that sort of thing Exactly. Yeah. Yep, exactly that. And, and like, and just being just very, um, and also I think there's, there's, I think, I think there's like a lot, I mean, what I've also taken with me is like, oh, there's so much training I've gotten actually over these past like 14 years of my professional career that I might be taking for granted, you know, like, like, you know, like, I think I was always a, a well-spoken person, whatever, but, but there's a way of comportment. I think that, that, that also, uh, which I'm not saying that you should you know, comport your way a certain way or anything, but like, I, I can truly see how that has enabled a number of other things for me throughout my professional career, but also even now creatively, right? Like that, that, yes. that, that it shows like, Hey, you are, you can be a, a, a great partner, you know, like, and, and they can do things. Um, perhaps I also perceive less risk maybe in working with you too. Um, yes. The, yes. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, so I, I think like to the people, artists listening to, so I mean like, like that sort of like presentation, you know, does 
uh, at the end of the day, it, it, it can, it can signal the right things. Like if, if, if you are focused on being intentional about how you really demonstrate who you are, um, you know, yeah, there's so there's so many artists who are like, you know, I just want the work to speak for itself. But like, if you can have the insight that you're just having of like, um, how can I, you know, still be me, but like present myself in a way where I will be enjoyable to work with, I will be low risk to work with, um, I'm going to be helpful to work with, like yeah. people will want to work with you. But if you are like, I'm going to be difficult or flaky or unresponsive, it's like people don't, it's hard for people to want to take a risk on that. Right. Especially right. to somebody who's new, you know, exactly. when you look at, I mean, look at like who the, I mean, the greatest artists today, both, you know, commercial successes and you know, popular artists, as well as like, you know, like, like your, like your high art, literary artists, like, um, these are exceptional artists and these are in some ways like exceptional business people because like, because like they, like they have an eye towards what is going to mean. Like, like you could make the greatest piece of all of earth. But unfortunately, you know, like, like, like if your goal is to share with others, like if it's a piece of just for yourself, beautiful. I mean, like, like, you know, always hold, like, yeah, like, and, and, and never show it. Right. But like, but if your goal is to share with others, right. You have to think about what are like the sort of key ingredients that, 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 that I can bake in to really enable that, you know, like, like, like to enable scale, basically, like, 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 how can I scale my, my, my work and my influence, you know, across my target audience. And so, like, there are so many artists, you know, like you go to your Madonnas, your Beyonces, you know, like, 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 like in, a, in a popular sense, you know, um, and then you go to like, like, like your, um, like your Kuntz, you know, like, like, and, and others, you know, like who, Jeff who have like, yeah, yeah. exactly, you know, and, um, and your Stephen Kings, you know, like, like, these are people, these are people who are businesses, you know, <laughs> like, like, and, and like, and I hate, I hate the fact that we have to commercialize art, right. But like, and, and I hate the idea of having to like, sort of like have the intrusion of this socioeconomic system, you know, like, and something that, that, it, that should be a pure expression of, of, like, of our, our human self. But at the end of the day, like, that is the vehicle currently to which we achieve scale to share with others. And, 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 and so, so like, so that's why I think it's so critical to have some orientation around like, okay, like, what might it take to actually do that? And then what, like, I can't control if, you know, the editor or the, or the agent or the gallery ever says yes to like including me, but what I can control is how I shape my story, how I frame my piece, how I present myself, how I really share the, the like, like my, my vision and how my vision is attached to this indelible quality of who I am as a human being. Right. Like, and, and like, and those and, are the key and, things. and, and how many editors you talk to and how you yeah, choose exactly. to respond to negative feedback and mm -hmm. like how, 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 you know, how you choose to be uh, resilient in the face of adversity. Like there's all these things that are in your control, even though there is a lot that's still, you know, outside of it. Absolutely. 100%, 100%. Like, um, so yeah, so I'm just, I'm just thinking that like people may underestimate how, how critical those things are. And I can promise you this most likely that you might hear the stories of like the, you know, like the, the really hard to work with super celebrity, blah, 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 blah. You know, but they're at that level. So I, so I like that's so like, you know, not, no one ever earns to be a difficult person, but at least like, like they're like their exactitude, right? It, like people trust that engenders some sort of benefit, you know, like, like for themselves and others. But like to get to that path, right? Like people, I can imagine, I mean, I, I actually, I just watched, um, I just watched this, uh, I watched Miss Americana actually the other day, the Taylor, the, the Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix. And, um, and I'm like, I'm like a casual listener of Taylor Swift. I, I was, I was, um, 
very, I very much enjoy the documentary. I know that, you know, every documentary, you know, is some sort of curation of, about that person, you know? Um, but one thing I really appreciated though about, about Taylor was, was like, like, like the mindset, you know, like, like at each step along the way from being like, like a very young person, like up until now, you know, like this idea that, oh yeah, like I, like I am a great person. I want to be a great person to work with. I, I'm, I, I'm collaborative when they're trying to get me to comment on the Kanye West thing. She says like, like I don't want to start a thing, you know, like, like just, just, just like, they say being very meanless, like, like just having an eye towards how to safeguard your opportunity, you know, cause like those are the things that, that you can do, you know? Um, and also appreciated one thing too, one throwaway. She says like, you know, she was younger, you know, she was like, yeah, I think about every day. I'm like, okay, well, I, I have this, um, I had this moment where I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. Like I, I get to live this dream, you know? And then the next moment I'm like, okay, now how do I make it last? Right. And, and so I think like that's, that's the kind of thinking that like, that is like what I mean, but like that, that business orientation, right? Like, 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 like there is like, like an artist has an, has an eye for like, yes, it's your audience, it's your readership, it's, 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 it's your viewers, but it's also your market, you know? And so it's like, so to have like that sort of view and that lens on it, I think can really help ensure you know, like longevity as well. I love that you brought that up. Cause I, I always, I think about that a lot. My artists are like, cool. Like, yeah, we can, we can all pick up a paintbrush or we can pick up a guitar and, and play a song, but you know, and Taylor, Taylor Swift did that, but like, then she's like, how can I make it last? It's like, how can you make it sustainable? And so if you reframe the commercial side of things, it's like, how can I make this last? How can I have longevity? How can I sustain this? Yeah. Um, I think it allows people to relate to it in a more healthy way. Do you, do you feel that there is uh, a semblance of creativity or artistic expression through thinking about the commercializing side of things? Do you ever feel that? Yeah, actually I, um, I do because even with the new music, like I, I like, I love just to kind of like go like experimental and just to play with different stuff. Um, even with the book too, but I also, I enjoy the sort of constraints and bounds that like the market sort of like provides um yes. it's almost like it's, it's almost like poetry right like like uh like when i want to improve my writing or, or i want to practice getting sharper at my writing like i turn to poetry uh because poetry requires such discipline you know and, and, and i try to write in the poetic styles that, that you know like that do require a bit more discipline like you know hindeka syllabics or like you know or just like your, your basic uh, i'm putameter because being forced to only have 10 syllables per line that come at this sort of like, like, like rhythm, right? It's like, well, now I have to be very sort of like ruthless about like, what is the, um, like, like what is like, what words am I going to use like to sort of to like fit that? And so, and so I think that that's like, like that is a big part of it is, is finding those opportunities to, to really kind of get like to the, like to the, like to, to most, uh, I don't know, like most effectively, most efficiently sort of like, like, like express that idea. Well, it's interesting to start bring it full circle. It's like, I think we talk about when you're doing the first draft of writing, it's about getting out of the way and having things flow through. And there's a, there's absolutely a, a form of creativity in that. But I think you're, you're drawing an interesting insight. I think the creativity on the business side is often more about acknowledging your constraints and then thinking about how to be creative within those constraints. Yes. And it's yes. a more analytical style of creativity, but it's, it's, so it's coming from a different place yeah. in the mind, but I think it still is, um, there's a lot of artistry to it if you let yourself be open to it. I think too many artists are like, oh, like, will just somebody else do it for me? They they want to 
go beyond delegating and they want to abdicate all that responsibility and if they can just figure out a way to relate to it more like, well, this is another medium for me. This is another outlet. It's just got a little bit of different parameters on it to have success. They can have more, um, more success with it. Absolutely. And, and the one thing too, that I, I, I give myself, and this is probably, I think this is where maybe the, the artist can, can live very comfortably is to say, okay, now that I have these sort of like the market has imposed these constraints and these, and these barriers, how can I now break the rules? Right. Like, and, and so, and so mm. and, and like, in, in a way where it's like, it's clear that I'm breaking the rules, but I'm still like, I'm still like dancing within the lines, you know? Um, and I think you have to is, know the rules. You have to have the mental model of the rules before you yes, know where to poke exactly. and break them, you know, we're piecing back to this. Like, to, I think, you know, like Stephen King said it too. Like he says for writers read, right? Like, you know, and, and I think for any creative and like whatever, whether you are a pain or whatever, just always be just absorbing as much as you can. I mean, like I, 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 am, right. I read articles, I watch TikToks, I listen to series, I listen to like, you know, like, like, you know, like trap. I listen to like, you know, it's like, like, like everything, you know, Johnny Cash, David Bowie, I, you know, like gospel, Stravinsky, you know, like, but like, but there's, but like, what, but what, what it does is that it just, like, I think one of my also, just one of my strengths is just pattern recognition. So, so, like, so like, like there's, there, 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 there are, there, despite all the complexity and, and variation, there are like, quite stable like patterns you know like that 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 showed everything and there is a sort of mathematical quality to, to, to everything too and i think that the more you expose yourself to to as much as you can and you begin you just you, you, you become a student you know like 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 you are you are you are a fan and you are a student right and um then what you can create like you are much more aware of the rules and all the different kind of rules that exist in different kind of different kinds of genres right and then maybe you're breaking a rule in genre A, but that rule you're breaking genre A is actually a rule from genre B that, that, that you're following. And, and, and so like, right. so therefore you're, you're creating this sort of like cross tapestry of, uh, of, of something that is, that I think in its synthesized version is, is new, you know, um, at, at the same time. hundred percent. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. Like you brought the math cause you're right. Like a lot of music is math and math is very much about like how do things relate and, and harmonize together and there's sort of constraints to that. Um, but then with, within it, like what, how many, how many notes are there? Like what, 12 notes or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. then every awesome. song that ever has existed has come out of those right. tones. So right. to, to, to say that, like, you know, to, to look at constraints as, as something that you want to ignore or throw away, it's like, no, it's like there, you have to have some sort of kind of model or structure within to work in to exactly. express yourself. I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually last night, I was like, okay, yeah, the sculptor, they have like the big block of stone, like, like that's their starting point. The writer has the blank page, but the painter has the canvas, you know, and like, oh, the musician, like, like, the, like the composer, the producer, the songwriter, oh, like what they have is silence, you know, and, and I, and I, I love, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I love that, like, like idea of like, oh yeah, like, like my job is on to create from silence, you know, and, and, and so like, that's, but then it's like, don't, how do you like, like, what's the first thing that comes? Like maybe, maybe it's a melody, maybe it's a sound. And then maybe there's like a structure that, that, that you become aware of that can now become like, like, like the sort of frame like, like, like to transport to be able to hang things stand. on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then you begin to build like, like from silence. And I think like, that's the, that's the fun part about it, um, for, for me. And, um, and since you also, the music's just like, it's just like, everything is vibrational. Like the, like, you know, how sound is just. Literally just like vibrations, like just being interpreted by like by, by, by your ground, by, by your brain. 
And so it's kind of like, oh, now you're playing with sound, but you're also playing with like, like vibrations and frequencies and harmonies. But like, but, but like, like, yes, but if you actually can approach it from a very elemental level, you know, like, like, like from, from like what, what the base of it, of, of, of a sound actually is, what does it tend to do? Like how it communicates. Then when you have the base ingredients, you can just kind of build like, like for anything, when you think, of, we think in those terms, you almost built anything too, you know? Um, and, and so then like, that's like, that's been also a draw for me is kind of getting back to this elemental level of everything that, that, that I, that I create. Yeah. I love it, Trey. I love it. Well, it's been so much fun catching up with you, man. This is really great. Um, yeah, if people great. want to learn more about you, where can they, uh, connect with yeah. you more online or, or wherever? Yeah. Um, they can go to my website actually at, uh, this newly, um, uh, it is called, uh, just www.treytennyson.com. That's T R E. T-E-N-N-Y-S-O-N.com. That's Trey with no Y. So Trey Tennyson. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much. We'll talk soon. No, thanks, Harry. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. If you haven't picked up a copy of the Unstarving Artist book, go ahead and pick up yours at unstarvingartistbook.com. See you next time.